without Christ, like we're all dirtbags. Like, so it's like nobody's better than anybody. Like, without Christ and His grace and His mercy, like we're all done for out here. So I think letting that be the the, the lens that you see people through, I think that helps. That helps a lot. Follow me, I'm running. Trying to catch my heartbeat. Red flags all around me. Infatuation blinding. Oh my, got me tripping out here right now. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Can I Say This at Church podcast. I am Seth, your host. Before we get started, please just hit pause, go back into iTunes, hit five stars, write up what your thoughts are on the show, good or bad. I'd love to read them either way. Let's try to make them good, though, people. I, I appreciate you. Other ways that you can help and support the show, uh, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash can I say this at church. A buck a month or... If you want to do a little more, you can get access to a few other parts of the show, blooper reels. Uh, there are other goodies in there. I would love to send more of you books that from the book selection. So those of you that are on that level, I hope that you are enjoying the book Grateful that was sent out in April uh, by Diana Butler Bass. Today's guest is musician, artist, poet, general good person, Sean C. Johnson. He is a album of the year signer of the year by kingdom choice awards he has been given an naacp image award he tours on multiple continents love his music and i'm excited for you all to hear what we got to discuss i think it was open i think it was honest and if i'm if i'm being honest musicians hold a special place in my heart as i would like to think that i am some form of one so with that being said sean c johnson Living a fantasy. Yeah. I don't want to hear I'm sorry. I hear I've heard the story go back a thousand times. Me. Nothing can change. Yes, enough. This ain't love, but don't touch enough. Don't you play with that fire. Just enough. Before rings and I don't. Must run for these We all got the same rules. Sean C. Johnson, thank you so much for joining the Can I Say This at Church podcast. I am excited to to talk with you. Uh, I have a special place in my heart for musicians because I'd like to think that I am one, and and I am grateful uh, to be able to do this with you. Awesome, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to thank you. So for those that listened... I was able to feature your episode in a in a previous or your music in a previous episode, and I think it worked well. And so, on the record, I'd like to I did say thank you in an email, but I'll say thank you again. So, um, appreciate that. Yeah. Not a problem, man. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for that support. Yeah. So, Sean, how are you? I know you. If I if I'm not wrong, I feel like you just got back from London, right? That is correct. Yeah. That how- is absolutely correct. I am. I am still trying to catch up. Like I'm starting, I'm still trying to adjust physically. I think 
Um, I'm naturally a night owl, so like staying up late is is already the norm for me. But like it's a little bit different this time around. So it's like my body's. I think I'm right at that point now where I'm I'm back. Like I'm recalibrated back to being in the states. <laughs> How many? What's the hours difference? Um, for us they are. So I'm Central Time, so they're six hours ahead of us. Oh man! And Eastern Time is five. So yeah. So it's it's dinner time in in the in Europe. Right. Right. <laughs> right. They are definitely evening evening time. Well, I wanted to be a good steward of the time that we have and and I'll just ask you up front. I do have some 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 questions to ask as we get in later and hopefully I think we can speak to that in the way that you you were able to minister and tell a story through music. And I will say Yeah. I first heard your music on an album with Show Baraka, uh piano. Oh gosh, I can't think of the name of the song right now. It's oh, yeah, Piano and Politics, I think. Yeah. Is the name of it. It's track five. Yeah. I know that. I just can't think of the song right now. Um, and I remember listening to it. I'm like, man, I like this voice. I got I to gotta track it down. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, well, what is your story, oh, Sean? What, uh, what, what yeah. got you so, where you're at today? Man, uh, I've been singing my whole life. Um, grew up in the church. Um, the two constants. Um, always growing up with music and God. And when I got older, like, this wasn't something that I initially pursued. Like when I was young, I had these groups and stuff that I would be in and we had delusions of grandeur. Like we thought we were going to be the next new edition or, or, or whatever. But as I got older, that dream kind of faded. But, um, but God being God, like he brought that desire full circle and just the friend that I worked with, like he knew that I sang and he was taking the audio engineering class and he invited me out and was like, Hey man, you sing, I get a grade. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, so I sung, recorded some stuff. They kept letting us come back uh, for whatever reason, and we ended up recording an album for free. Now that I think about it, I don't know how legal that was or how, how much leeway <laughs> we were supposed to have, but I had almost a free album um, done and recorded for free. So um, I put it out. I let people hear it, and just the reception that I got for it just kind of encouraged me to keep kind of doing it. And um, from there, I, I perform at like open mics, and someone would see me there. They invite me to another event. Um, they see me at that event, invite me to another event, and there, God just started opening doors. And here I am, almost ten, twelve years later, man, just still doing it, still at it. Awesome, yeah. Well, I know I've enjoyed yeah. it, and I did think of it. It's called Pianos in Jericho. It just it escaped me at the moment. So, you haven't always been a singer, though, from what I understand. You were in the Air Force, <laughs> right? And so those two things, yeah. in my mind, don't. I don't know. They don't go. Did you sing in the Air Force or did you sing to get out of the Air Force? No, like what what's that? I was a satellite communications. I did um ground communications for the Air Force. So uh, I did that for almost twelve years. And I did sing, but it wasn't I think I started my career while I was in the Air Force. But um how I initially started singing and how everybody found out I could sing was I would sing the national anthem for like retirement ceremonies and promotion ceremonies and change of commands and different things like that. So people knew that I could sing. And that's how my coworker invited me to the studio um, because I was going around singing the national anthem. Um, but I started my career while I was in the Air Force. So I started around 05, 06. And um, I got out in 2012. So for the first six years of my career, I was in the Air Force working a, working a full-time job. So... Well, this isn't a fair question because because it's artist to artist. 
being that you sang the national anthem, what are your? I didn't. I didn't write this down, but it, it, I want to know now. <laughs> um, what do you think yeah. about that Fergie rendition at the uh, at that game over there in California? <laughs> You know, honestly, I didn't hear it all the way through. Like, I heard the first part of it, and I was like, eh, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and turn this <laughs> off. And so, oh, so, yeah. And I, yeah, I was, yeah. I heard she got ran through the ring before. So, yeah. It, well, I heard it wasn't, it wasn't that good. It, I, I don't know what it was. It wasn't the national anthem. <laughs> it was, it was, it was words. It was definitely words. Yeah, it was definitely words and a melody, but it wasn't, it wasn't a national anthem. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's funny. <laughs> I, yeah, I I didn't plan on asking that. So, um, what? So you talk about growing up in the church, but yeah, what what did that look like? Like, are you? I know you're in Oklahoma now. What did that look like? Did you have you always been Oklahoma? What kind of church? Kind of what did that? How did that influence the way that you are now? Man, no, like um, I'm actually not from Oklahoma. I was born in Tampa, Florida. Um, I'm an army brat. So I'm pretty much from everywhere and, and nowhere at the same time. Um, but church for me, like I grew up in a um, very old school church, very, um, very conservative. Um, we didn't even have praise and worship, but we sung hymns. We sung hymnals. Um, had to dress up in suits every Sunday. Um, but I'm grateful for that foundation because it really grounded me and rooted me um, in in my faith. And um, I'm still... I'm still a Christian because of that, like, like because of my foundation. Um, so I'm grateful for it. Um, but yeah, like we grew up, a lot of rules, a lot of regulations. We couldn't, we couldn't do certain things. Like I couldn't go to the movies. Like it was just, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, um, a lot of rules, a lot of regulations. But as I grew older, you know, we kind of, kind of grew out of that. But, but, uh, but I'm grateful. I really am grateful for that foundation. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I look back on it. I thank God for it. Yeah, so yeah. you have an album named 1993, and yep, your most 1993. your most current album is mm-hmm. nineteen dollars and ninety three cents from what I can see, but I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's right. I noticed that today. I was like, how did that I how did I miss that? Um, I like I like the old price tag there. Um, and that album day, yeah. days like this, from from what I can read. Not too long ago, mm-hmm. I mean, you were like top twenty in the iTunes. Like you were sandwiched bene- between the weekend, on on, yeah. on both yeah. ends. Um, on iTunes, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's a big deal. Now, there's a lot. There's a lot of songs Absolutely. in iTunes. So, um, yeah. was that was that expected, or was that something that you were like, oh my, how did this? What's happening here? No, I didn't even realize it till my cousin pointed it out to me. Like I hadn't checked the charts or anything. I didn't even think to check it until he sent me a picture. Um, I was overseas. Uh, I was in London at the time when the album came out. So I didn't see it until like the day after when he sent me the picture um, because of my signal and stuff over there. So until I got some Wi-Fi, I just got these flood of text messages. And one of the text messages was from him saying, hey, did you know that you're number 16 on iTunes? I was like, no, I did not know I was number 16 on iTunes. It was really cool because, I mean, it was something that I, um, I've i always seen. I've seen people, you know, they release albums like, hey, my album's, you know, top 10 or it's top 20. And, you know, you always think, like, man, that'd be really dope if I had an album that, you know, kind of cracked that. So so to have that moment was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was really dope. Yeah. Really no, really I dope. agree. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Every once in a while, 
I'll check to see if I yeah. crack the top 200 of podcasts it, just in theology. <laughs> and um, not so far, I haven't. And that's fine. That's that's not why I do it. Maybe yeah. maybe one day. Um, I man, noticed. We all have dreams, man. Keep chasing it, man. Yeah. Did you see that guy? Uh, was it not Brandon Ingram? Um, the guy for the Lakers. Um, ten years in the G League, and he finally he played the last two games of the regular season for the Lakers. Does he still? Well, no, he just he just played. I don't know if you follow basketball or not, but like he played ten years in the G League in the in the, in the developmental league, and he just played the last two games. They called him up for the last two games. Uh, he had never played in the NBA. Uh-uh. But he finally he finally played. He ended up scoring like nineteen points in his first game. That's so. awesome. I didn't yeah. I didn't see yeah. that. I also didn't know there was a yeah. G League. Um, I I'm I'm a Spurs yeah. fan, but only when the playoffs start. Only when the playoffs oh, start. I can't watch yeah, so a yeah, sport. They have like a G League. Yeah, they yeah. have a, a development. It used to be called the B League, but they changed it to G for something. I don't know. <laughs> for 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 general admission tickets, three dollars a piece. Um, yeah, something marketing, no, branding, whatever. I yeah. struggle with any sport that has more than say fifty games. So like baseball, any yeah, of that. I'm like, man, I would love to watch this. Yeah. But I don't have nine months to dedicate to you. I just, <laughs> I don't. I got kids. I got a job. No, I got, you know. Um, but I'll yeah, watch it once the playoffs fair. start. You, you have, yeah, you have other responsibilities, so that makes sense. I'm, I'm a single guy. I live by myself, so my free time is my free time. So, yeah. yeah, I get it. Um, uh. Yeah. So. What is so you you've won many awards? As I was reaching you out, so you got the Kingdom Choice Awards, which. If you want an award, the Kingdom's Choice. I mean, God's yeah. Kingdom. I feel like that's that's on the list um, for Album of no, the that's Year, definitely, that's definitely at the top. Yeah. Singer of the Year. Um, you know, you got yeah. you know you got the Gospel Blue Mic Awards, and most recently the NAACP Image Award. Yeah. What? What and a is? Stellar. What? And a stellar is, are those the same thing? Oh no, the NAACP Image and the Stellar, no, they're two different awards. But I won the award for the same thing, I think, or for the same album. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. was from a show called Greenleaf, right? Greenleaf. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a whole new bookshelf then. That's a lot of awards. That's, yeah. that's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> right. I keep them on my. I keep them on top of my TV mantle now, so I just keep them up there. What's crazy, I still have the, you remember the TVs with the back, like the big backs? Mm-hmm. Like the whole, I still have that TV. I never watch it. It's in my living room. It's just sitting there. <laughs> so I have it sitting on top of that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your mom calls, Sean, where do you keep your award? It's on top of the TV <laughs> with all the other ones. It's right up there with the bottle of Dr. Pepper. Right, right in between right. there. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool, man, to put that stuff on your on your resume, man. It's pretty cool because a lot of a lot of times, especially with the NAACP and the uh, and the Stella Award, like those things, they beat you into the room, and it's kind of like they give you credibility. So it's really dope. It's really dope just to kind of put that on a resume and be like, oh, you know, he's he's won this, he's won that. So, yeah. yeah. It doesn't change anything, but it, it just kind of gives you a little bit more credibility. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what what is that award for? Because as I Google it, like, there's some big names associated with that award. So what is that awarding exactly? Yeah. So the NAACP Image Award, um, they give that the one I won for um, was the Gospel Album of the Year, I believe it was. So it was a lot of big names in gospel. I honestly didn't think it was going to win. I was just happy to be nominated. 
I was I was content just putting that on my resume, and I was nominated for NAACP. But um, for it to actually win was really dope because, like I said, it's it's like you said, there's some big names that were that were attached to it and that were um, in the running for it. Um, so it was pretty cool. So I think, uh, and even like for the Stella Awards, that's that's the that's the Grammys of the gospel um, community. So it's kind of like the equivalent of a Grammy for the gospel community. So, so that's that's like a Chris, dove, that's cool. that's like another Dove Award for for Chris Tomlin to Thank go you. to go with his 97 you, others. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um so I've listened to every album ex- well I listened to your newest album just a few days ago, but I haven't listened to nice. it enough to know what I think about it in in a good or a bad way. Like I like okay. to I like to to think on songs and when I listen to music I usually shut everything else down and and I'm one of those ones that's yeah. track 1 to track 9 cuz you did it that way on purpose. You're trying to say something. So um Right. I don't know what kind of artist you are. I mean, some of the times I feel like it's soul and then it's not, yeah. and then it's gospel and then it's not, and then it's almost hip hop, yeah. but then it's, it's not. So, so what, right. what kind of style are you? <laughs> Man, uh, it honestly depends on the day. Um, I listen to a lot of music. Um, I guess my bread and butter, I would have to say is soul music. Uh, that's the music that I listen to the most. But, like, I enjoy hip-hop. Like, I grew up listening to hip-hop. Um, I used to rap a lot more when I was younger. Um, I still rap now, but I used to rap more when I was younger. So um, it just, it really dictates, like, um, depends on the instrumental or the beat that I'm writing to, like, what comes out of me. Um, I think it's I think it's a blessing to be versatile like that, to be able to to um, to articulate, you know, different emotions or different feelings depending on the, on the, on the, the mood of the song. Um, I think one thing that's dope about rap is it allows you to expound a little bit more than, than singing. Um, it's a lot more wordy. So you're able to kind of articulate stuff and, you know, dig a little deeper and explain stuff a little bit more and tell, tell more of the story. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it really does depend. Like, I think, I think my, my fans and my supporters, like they have, um, they've been, they've gone on the journey with me and they've kind of matured with me and they're kind of, you know, Whatever whatever music I put out there, they they're um they're open to it. So I'm fortunate for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well good no, I I enjoy it. And I know well my son, he's he just turned nine. He 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 plays the drums. So he try he, he try he's learning to play the drums. And I have oh, a, sweet. I have addicted him to rap music. And um usually oh, nice. usually I try to make the podcast in such a way that anyone can listen, most importantly him. Um yeah. And when and when your music came on on that prior episode, he goes, "Hey, rewind that. You usually don't have good music." And so I, I backed it up. Oh, he's wow. like, "He's like, can I listen to the whole song?" I was like, "Oh, yeah, absolutely." When we get home, oh, wow. I don't I don't have it in the car. So so you got a fan there. Like he he genuinely all he cares about is the rhythm and the musicality. I I don't even think he's listening to the words usually. Maybe when he gets older, but <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. um yeah, it caught his oh, ear. Wow. So yeah, which is great. Um so. In your albums, what one of the things I appreciate you is you talk about a lot of things, not to play on words that we don't talk about in church. I mean, you you talk about yeah. I mean, I mean, just even your most recent album, like cooking, is stuff that you don't talk about at church, and yeah. And so I'd like to talk to you about some of those songs that just stuck with me. the The biggest right. one is 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 an out is a song called 30 and i think i've seen it on at least two albums yeah. um yeah 
how do you write or how do you even sing a song like that? Like I, I know what you're saying, and and for those that haven't listened, it's a song. If if I'm not wrong, Sean, about pornography, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. About pornography. Yeah. So yeah, how do you do something like that and be able to then perform it? Man, um, so for me, I've always tried to be as, and I know it's so cliche, but I try to be as as transparent as possible um, for a couple of reasons. The main reason is because I realize um, that what I go through is not just unique to me. Like there's other people that go through the same thing. Um, and if I, through art, can, can expound and share and edify somebody else through my music, then that's what I'm going to do. And I think... Um, because pornography is such a widespread issue um, for a lot of people, um, I felt like it was it was my place to say something about it. Like I felt, I felt, um, I felt it necessary to address this issue and to not um, to not allow it to sit in the dark anymore. But to actually, you know, bring it to the light and actually talk about it. Um, and I think that it's been beneficial. That's one of the songs that to this day um, people come up to me and say, "Hey, man, thank you, thank you for this song." Um, so I mean that that to me is is the point of music, especially at least for what I do it for. Um, I do music to number one give God glory, and then number two um, to edify His people. Um, so I definitely want to use my platform and my gifts to um, to speak life and to edify and to encourage people. So yeah, I mean you, you yeah go ahead. What has been so what is the what is the feedback from say your church then like your pastor your deacons uh, your elders you know depending on the type of church you go what is what does that sound like? You you release a song like that. You know people in the church are going to support you. You know they're going to know right. you at a level that I don't. And so you show up on right. Sunday to worship. Is it different? <laughs> um, no. Um, I'm fortunate that I grow up that I'm that I currently attend a church that's um that's very open. Um, that's very non-judgmental. Um, very loving. Um, and it helps to have that type of safe place to go into where um, we're able to be honest about each other. Like, I think that's one thing that we don't have enough of, like, of just meeting people where they're at and um, not allowing people to just stay there, but at least meeting them where they're at and not judging them, judging them and realize that, hey, like, we, without Christ, like, we're all dirtbags. Like, so it's like nobody's better than anybody. Like, without Christ and his grace and his mercy, like, we're all done for out here. So I think, Letting that be the, the the lens that you see people through, I think that helps. That helps a lot. So, um, like I said, that may not be everybody's situation, um, but I know at least for me and my church, um, like in my my community of believers, like they they're really open to it and um, they encourage it. Like, hey, like this is this is how we heal. This is how we get. This is how we break the chains of these different things. Uh, is by talking about it, and not allowing it to um, to be in the dark. So, yeah. Yeah. What what is the role or what what do you see as the role for a musician regardless of the genre? Um in yeah. instances like that. So you got stuff like uh you got another song and I'm trying to think of the name of it right now. It it, it references Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. And so yeah, yeah. when I when I hear yeah. songs like that, like I relate, but I have a lot of friends that are not white. Um and I hear that and I yeah. and I can relate on a different level. But I, usually that's yeah. what you see the pushback on, especially lately. You know, we just had the, the anniversary of MLK and, and uh, I, yeah. live, I live 30 minutes east of Charlottesville, so, or uh, west of Charlottesville. So what is the wow. role of the church and musicians in the church 
in the climate that we live yeah. in right now? So I think as musicians, I think we are to create the soundtrack um, for movement or even for our lives. Like we are to take what's happening in the world and through the lens of, of art, um, expound on it and give people something like music is a very powerful medium. Um, and I think it's meant to, um, to either, um, build or destroy, like, cause it's that powerful. Like you can either build something up, you can, or you can tear people down. Um, so I think any responsible artist is going to build up and is going to encourage and, and draw attention to, um, different issues. Like we are, we are the mouthpieces. Like we are the ones who are able to get on the microphone and speak loudly. Um, and people won't necessarily, because like if I were to get on the mic and just start talking, that's one thing. And people can sometimes tune you out. But if I come, but if I'm able to get on that same stage and I use a melody, it's harder to tune me out. Um, because the melody, it draws you in music kind of, it captivates you. It draws you in. So the medium of music, like it's powerful. Like, you can at least get people to listen um, before they immediately tune you out um, as opposed to just getting on the stage and talking. Like if I'm able to get up there and share something through the medium of music um, because it is so powerful, people are more receptive to it. So, so we have that responsibility, man, to really expound, um, to edify and, and to draw attention to um, our current climate. So, yeah. Well, I hear you say, you know, yeah. our, our job is to, is to build up. So how can we do yeah. that without first, addressing any foundational issues. I mean, there's, there's going to be demolition involved in that. And so how do we do that with, with care? Like, I mean, there's part of, part of construction or, or building is, is isn't, you got to break things. So what, what do we need to break? So, I mean, I think you, you said it, I think, um, you definitely do have to, you have to do it from a place above. I think, I think people can tell when you're preaching at them or when you're just kind of talking to them and, and exposing some things. Um, so I think it's, it's careful. We have the job of doing it in an artistic way to where it doesn't come across as abrasive or people just automatically tune us out. Cause you can be, you can make that mistake too. Even through music, you can come across as um, preachy as they say, or just kind of like pointing the finger. Um, but I think as artists, we have to be, we have to do it in an, in an artistic way where people won't tune us out. Um, so I think you do sometimes have to tear down. Like even I've had some songs where it talks about um um there's a song called Shepherd Me where I talk about, you know, false prophets. But the way that it comes across, like it's you're a lot more receptive to it, um, because of the because of the way that I um I spoke on it. So I think like that's what that's what our job is. Like we have to do it in a way to where we can um we had a <laughs> So when I was in the military, we had this term called a crap sandwich. We basically like <laughs> you start out. <laughs> I don't know if y'all might you might be familiar with that in the business world. So basically, um, <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> you never heard? It? Okay. <laughs> so it's called a crap sandwich. So basically, um, you start out with the with the um, with something good, which is the bread, and then you give them the crap in the middle, and then you bookend it with something good also. So like you put the bad in the middle and you book in it with two, you know, two compliments or something like that. So it just makes it easier to to digest and to deal with. So, so yeah, so that's, that's, I guess the short answer is as artists, we have to, we have to give people crap sandwiches. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. I mean that that approach. <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna use that. Yeah. Um. That that uh that approach reminds me a lot of of how a, a lot of liturgy is is based. It's basically we're we're recognizing the garbage, yeah. we're lamenting and we're repenting of it, and then we're we're gonna talk about hope in the church and hope in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't tear people down and then not give them any hope. Like you gotta. You can you can definitely operate, but you gotta sort that up also. So. Yeah. You just can't cut and just leave, yeah. Never yeah. Grow up, now we off to the race. Triple next don't raise us hundred thousand faces. Another bill never measure up. We just scroll to the next. Break it off your text. Leave the next with a mess. Set us all in a rush. What you doing? Cooking. Cooking up. So what is going on with 1993? I mean, it's it's everywhere. What is what is that? What yeah. is the significance there? So for the album circa 1993, that um, that album really just told um, it told a year in my life that was instrumental. Like this is the year that shaped who I am as a person. Um, so I ended up naming my label, my independent label, circa 1993. So any anytime you see 1993, it's just kind of a, a homage or however you say that word to um to my label and just to that year that really shaped me as a person. So yeah, yeah. Well, this, uh, well yeah, I mean, 1993, talk yeah. about that a bit. What yeah. what happened that made it so impactful? Yeah. So 1993, um, that was the year my mom passed. Um, she passed around the beginning of the year in February of that year. Um, so my mom passed, um, that was the year I fell in love with music. That was the first time I, bo- I, I viewed any, um, adult material, any pornography. That was the first year I was introduced to it. Um, and then that was also the year that I gave my life to Christ. So all four of those things kind of happened all in 1993. Um, so that album, and then just, it just kind of, that year shaped who I was. Like I became the man that I am because of those four events. Like I said, my mom passing, me falling in love with music, um, being introduced to pornography and then, you know, eventually giving my life to Christ. Like it really, it really shaped me as a person. So, so yeah. What is your goal with, with days like this? What are you, what is the theme that you're trying to hit? What are you trying to say? Yeah. So, um, days like this, it's just saying how a lot of times as, as Christians, we ignore, um, our emotions and we, we don't pay attention to our, to our humanity. Um, so I think emotions are a gift. Um, uh, we're not controlled by them, but they are a gift from God. And, um, this album is really just expressing that, like what happens when, when you're in a relationship and it doesn't work out, like, what does that look like? These emotions that you deal with, um, when you're longing for love and it doesn't happen, or when you're in a relationship and, um, things are going the way that you want it to go. Um, we don't talk about that a lot as Christians. So there's a scripture, I think it's in Proverbs, the Proverbs of Psalms, which talks about 30, it's Proverbs uh, 34 and 18, uh, which talks about God is near to the brokenhearted. So it's like when you're brokenhearted or when you're hurting, um, no matter what it's from, but like specifically if it's from a relationship or, you know, lost love, like God is close to you. And I think people need to know that, like God is right there with you. Um, he's not intimidated by our emotions. He's not scared off by it. Um, he, he gave us these emotions for a reason. Like, so when you want to love or you want to be, um, in a relationship, that's not a bad thing. Like, um, for companion, when you long for companionship, that's not a bad thing. So, um, 
he's not intimidated by it. So when we hurt or when we feel a certain type of way um, because of that, um, God is still, he's, he's close nonetheless. So um, he doesn't just, you know, disappear during that time and leave us to our own devices. But like, he's, he's very much, he's very much there through the process. But yeah. What is your, and this is probably not fair because I mean, you wrote them all. So I think my favorite song on the on the album is "Cooking," and I'm pretty sure it's because of yeah. the beat, and mostly because I like <laughs> I like rap a little more than gospel, yeah, um, or hip hop a little more, and, and it's got that flavor to it. Uh, it's it's almost, and yeah. that's why I say it's it's almost rap, but it's not. It's 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 darn yeah. it's darn close though. So that's my favorite. So what of of your eight babies on the album? Which one is is the yeah. one that you're like, yeah, mom. Listen to this one. This this is if you don't listen to anything else, this is the album. This is the whole purpose. Which which one is that? Um, cooking is definitely on that list. Cooking, um, love song, and probably Bell, which is track number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bell is probably my, one of my favorites, just because from an artistic standpoint, um, I was I was um, it was a challenge for me because the song, if you go back and listen to it, it's a conversation between three people. Um, so the first half of the verse is the tempter or Satan, um, talking. And then the second part of it is me or the person that's being tempted. And then the third part is, um, God, of course, who's talking in the song. So just from an artistic standpoint, it was really dope to just kind of be challenged like that and to be able to pull it off in that manner and for it to all, you know, flow seamlessly, um, with the melody and all that thing and all that. So. Um, but yeah, those three probably yeah, cooking, um, bell. What was the third one I said? Love song. So, yeah. so yeah. in in bell, then what is the idol? I, I assume we're talking about bell as as the idol. The, yeah, 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 yeah. So the the idea behind the song is that a lot of times, like when we get rejected or when we're dealing with heartbreak, we run the things that won't say no. Um, so a lot of times these idols can be pornography, they can be alcohol, they can be drugs, they can be anything. Um, so that's basically what the song's talking about. Like we run to these things that won't deny us and we worship these idols that won't say no to us. Um, even though we need to be turning, we need to be running to God with these things. Like, so, but yeah, yeah. so the idol could do, it can be a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. And I would argue, yeah. and, and you don't have to respond if you don't want to, that, that a lot of people make religion or, or, mm. or honestly, so, I would argue with some people that they make the Bible the idol. Um, I, I'm I'm a big fan of. I think the Bible's about the Word of God being Jesus, but the Bible is is not Jesus. Um, and so there's a there's a I, I find lately most people that I interact with when I when I say that to them they run back to a scripture mm-hmm. verse and I'm like yeah but Jesus already said <laughs> you have heard it said but. I am saying to you that, yeah. that this is the rules now. But, and so, yeah, but and that's, again, that's something we don't say in church and it's, it's hard to articulate in a way that, that I'm pleased yeah. with, but maybe one day I'll be able to say it without, without offending everybody. Um, <laughs> so why an independent label? Um, is that just something cause you needed, is it easier to do it that way? Because I see a lot of people, you know, you got you, you got humble beast, you got a lot of people coming off and doing their own thing detached from a big, huge centralized powerhouse of a label. Why? Well, there's two reasons. So no one would sign me. So that's one reason I'm independent. (laughs) No one has actually signed me. Well, I mean, (laughs) I mean, you got these awards now, so 
I'm just I saying. Know it, man. Yeah. You, know, you, think, you think they come knocking down, <laughs> knocking down my door. But, um, <laughs> but no, the other reason and the main reason is honestly um, the freedom that comes with that, especially with the Internet being what it is. Like I can tap right into my fan base and grow my fan base like that. Um, and there's a lot of what I do that a label um, that I can do for myself that, that I don't need a label for. Um, so it's kind of like, it's just business one-on-one. Like if I'm going to split the pie, but the, the size of the pie stays the same, like I get less of the pie now. So it's like, but if the pie, if the size of the pie increases, then, then it makes more sense to, um, to split that. But if the pie is just going to stay the same size, I might as well, you know, keep the pie to myself. So, but, um, but yeah, so. The trend that I notice is, is the people that go off on their own and do an independent label or, or sign with an independent label. And by that, I mean yeah. something like a, you know, a humble beast or something where you can you do what you want to do. They seem to give you quite a bit of autonomy. Yeah. There's just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of variance in what they're doing. Did the yeah. bigger labels from your experience and, and with other artists not let you say what needs to be said for fear of not being able to put it in Lifeway bookstores or in wherever else sells no, actual albums anymore? Absolutely. Like you definitely, when, when the, when the, um, the platform is a little bit bigger, like you have to appeal to a broader audience. Um, so I think they have to worry about a lot of that. And as an independent artist, like I can literally do and say what I want. And artistically, I'm not handcuffed. Um, because like they have to, like I said, they have to appeal to a broader audience. So like with me, if I just have my own niche audience and like my fan base that I want to talk to, um, and express myself as an artist, like I can do that instead of having to, um, you know, play like it's almost like being a politician. Like you can't always, you got to play the middle. You have to have to appeal to the widest base. Um, you can't really um, appeal to a niche audience, I guess. So, um, but yeah, I think that, yeah, they, yeah. I heard, I heard someone say recently, and I don't know who said it. I feel like it was a theologian, but it could have been an artist. Basically, say. Uh-huh. My music or my basically he was saying that music is music and, and he was talking about marketing and he said the moment that you put Christian yeah. on front of it, it's a marketing term. It doesn't make it anything special. Mm-hmm. He said, So my music mm-hmm. is or or that book is or that is what it is, but you you have no business yeah. putting the word Christian in front of anything. Do you agree with that? That's interesting. perspective. I think there's there's some validity to that. Um I think there are some things that are kind of neutral. I think when it comes to the arts, like you can, you can either talk about the light or you can talk about what the light allows you to see. Um, mm, I like so that. I think as Christians, like we have, yeah, we have, we have that Liberty. Um, so yeah, I think, and I think both of them are, are still God honoring. Like you can still honor God by doing both. And of course the light I speak of is, is Christ. So we can talk about the light or we can talk about how we view the world as a Christian, what the light allows us to see. Um, so I think there's some artists who kind of lean lean more to one way, and then there's artists that lean more to the lean more to the other way. Um, but I think we do have that freedom. So I think, um, like I said, if a book is if it comes out, like it can still be God honoring without being marketed as a Christian book. It can just be a book, but it can still honor God. Um, so yeah, there, there's some truth to that. There's some validity to it. Yeah. Yeah, and as and as I think about that after I said it. Um, there's something that that holds like you know a K Love or a Spirit FM. It, it 
yeah. it's it's palatable. So you get a whole bunch of people to come to the to the restaurant to make a, a horrible analogy. And then and then music like yours <laughs> yeah. or like a you know, a, a show Baraka or a, an Andy Minio, yeah. you know, somebody like that or you can do work. You can you can do internal theological yeah. work with stuff that you're not comfortable jamming out to with the windows down in the summer. Um, with people listening right. to lyrics that you just I think at least the stuff I listen to, what I'm listening to is a reflection of what I'm going through. And so I don't yeah, always want people to know what I'm listening to. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's uh, fair. With yeah. that being said, I am curious what you're listening to. Cause I find that <laughs> when I speak to, or when I speak to other musicians, that's how I find better music. Um, usually you are in a different circle than I am. <laughs> so what, yeah. what are you <laughs> listening to that, that, that continues to feed you? Um, so right now I'm listening to Jonathan Reynolds, his new project, um, Make Room is really good. Um, who else am I listening to? Um, let me look at my iTunes here. Hold on. I don't know. I don't remember what I'm listening to. Yeah, let me listen to it. What am I listening to right now? Just all um, Tejano all the time. <laughs> um, let's see here. So we got actually Shelby Rock and Vanessa Hill just released a project that's really good. It's called So Many Feelings. It's really, really good. Um, let's see here. Um, the Walls Group, there's a really good, there's a girl, there's an artist named Her that's really good. Um, Brick Liam, another guy out of, um, I think he lives in Dallas now. It's really good. Um, yeah, even some Rhapsody, too. Like, um, she's a rapper. Listen to her. Um, yeah, and see, this proved yeah. my point. I don't know hardly any of those names except Show Baraka. And, <laughs> and so I, and I have the benefit of being able to rewind it and listen again and write them down and, yeah. and, and get some other influences in my life. So um, last, uh, last question for you. So what is the place... Um, I want to make sure I say this right. What is the place for worship in and or out of church. And so and I ask that because I'm reading a book for an interview in the next few months um, talking about that God is basically in an eternal current like that we can jump into and wade into and, and, and roll with, but worship at church yeah. should not look like four rock songs and a prayer or three hymns and a rock song. Mm-hmm. Or So as an artist that goes to a church and, and sees both sides. And, and I also kind of understand that as well as, as I lead some of the worship at my church, how do, what should worship look like? Like how should that be cadenced for someone to be able to get the most out of it at church or out of church, I guess. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think the wise way to approach it is to not try to, to put rules on it, I think, because a lot of times what that can lead to is to make it very legalistic to say that something has to look like this or it has to look like that in order for God to accept it. I think God has given each of us um, different tastes and different, um, different, um, different things that we, that we enjoy. Um, It's almost like food. Like there's no, like everybody has different tastes. Like the way you season your food, I may season it differently but it doesn't make it bad. It's just different. So I think um, you definitely want to, yeah, like I'm always leery about trying to put, to say that worship shouldn't look like this or look like that, because like I said, that could be dangerous 
because it it goes down that road of just being um, extremely legalistic. But um, number one, it should be like worship should be something that honors God in the sense like it should. Um, it doesn't have to be necessarily a, a certain tempo or anything like that, but it should honor God. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, the lyrics should be something that's doctrinally sound. Um, it shouldn't be extra biblical or anything like that. Like I think as long as it lines up in that, I think it could be worship. I think it can still honor God. So um, I don't know if that answers the question, but I mean, that's just. No, it does. And, think, and yeah. to build yeah. on the, on the food analogy, I mean, if all I ever do is, is eat cinnamon toast crunch for worship every right. time I go to worship. And again, that's, I'm, yeah. I'm not, that's not the best analogy, but um, if all I ever do is <laughs> eat cinnamon toast crunch and milk. And so, well, you know, yeah. I'm never, I'm not healthy. I'm not going to be, I'm, <laughs> yeah. something's, something is malnourished. And, and so I like, I like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's end on this. Um, everybody, I, I'm going to need you to go either to Bandcamp or to Sean's website or engage with Sean on yeah. Twitter. And so, and so plug that a bit, Sean, how let's get you back in the top 20 if we can. Um, let's, let's, let's do top 10. <laughs> so where would you point people to engage with you? What is the Avenue that they can get a hold of you, uh, get a yeah. hold of, of your music? Yeah. So, um, the easiest way is honestly, uh, my website, um, Sean C. Johnson.com. Um, I have links to everything on there. Sean C. Johnson.com. I have links. Um, to my iTunes, Spotify, my Instagram, my Spotify, um, all of that. So, um, SeanCJohnson.com, or if you're on Instagram, it's at SeanCJohnson, Twitter, at SeanCJohnson. Um, or you can just Google, you can just Google Sean C. Johnson, and most of everything should come up, so. Is there anywhere you won't go? I mean, we know you'll go to London. Um, is there anywhere you won't go? <laughs> um, and I only ask that because somehow or another. And I want to go. You won't I go to Antarctica? No, I'm good. I'm good on Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> they they listen to music in Antarctica. There's like a hundred people that live down there doing I'm, doing I'm sure real they, work. I'm sure they do. They they can definitely come to a warmer climate <laughs> and, and see me live. I am not going to this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry at Antarctica. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's gonna have to go on the on the show notes. Yeah, hashtag sorry Antarctica. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, Sean, thank you, thank you for your time today. Um, I'll let you get back to it. I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, I I enjoy I enjoy speaking to theologians and authors, but that's not the only avenue to engage with God. And so, it's I enjoy talking with with artists and musicians as well. So, thank you for that. Absolutely, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on, man. This is dope. Never cross my mind Then you won't feel the same Now we back and forth, never intact Everything gray, never white black White black You with the text, never hit back Try to tell you I don't really like that The music in today's episode is from Sean's most recent release, Days Like This Fantastic album, go and buy this album Interact with Sean at seancjohnson.com and as always the songs featured in today's episode will be listed on the Can I Say This at Church Spotify playlist thanks so much everybody maybe I can speak in language tell me how you know I can love you like that I 
Speaking late